Warning, the following podcast may contain some fits of extreme nerd rage, especially when it comes to the world of professional wrestling. As such, there may be a few colorful pieces of language thrown around. Listener discretion is advised. What is going on, my friend? Not much, man. Oh, wait, hold on. I no was just doing another dig, doing another dig into the Snyder cut, so I wanted to pause that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, I don't blame you for that one. Don't need Warner Brothers coming after us for any reason. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. welcome back to the show. We are here, myself, my co-host, Mr. Ryan Payne, and we are here to discuss tonight's upcoming Fast Lane pay-per-view, dude. I can't even believe this is here already, and I cannot believe we are just over three weeks away from WrestleMania. Actually, not even that. I think about two weeks now, now that I think about it. Yeah. No, no, you're completely right. Yeah, I mean, it just felt like a week. It felt like it was uh, maybe a week ago we were just watching Revolution. Now we are here (laughs) getting ready for God. God damn, man. This really, like, this month is going by so fast. And I'm not talking about just the work week, just the con, just the, all the content that we've been doing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Between the Snyder Cut, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Fast Lane tonight. Then you got, mm-hmm. like I said, WrestleMania coming up not too long from now. There's, there's a ton of stuff going on, and it's just hitting you one right after the other, right after the other. And, yeah. you know, it's spring is in the air now, which is a, you know, it's a great thing because the weather's starting to warm up. I don't have to wear a jacket first thing in the morning anymore. So, yeah, I don't have to wear sweatpants or a long sleeve shirt going to bed. I know I'm not complaining from where you from where you're living, but yeah. here in California, it's clearly humidity that's affecting us. Not like the like it could be 90 degrees here and we'll be fine, but it's only when the humidity packs up, it makes it feel like it's in the hundreds. <laughs> Yeah, like that's the that's the key difference between where you and I are living. And this, if the, if this doesn't give any of our listeners an indication that this show is not for everybody, then I don't know what will. You guys, your biggest concern up there is the humidity when you got stuck with swamp ass. Me, it's when I get fresh out of the shower, I don't have icicles hanging from my testicles. That's that's the biggest issue there. That's that's the biggest issue in the winter time for me, honestly. But in any case, that's not what we're here to discuss. We're here to discuss, of course, the matches coming up tonight on the fast lane. Uh, card and there's quite a handful. At first, there were only about five of them, but they added two rather last minute that I'm I'm not mad at, but I don't know like how much hype there is actually going to be behind either of them. But uh, you know, obviously, we'll make our predictions one way or the other, and of course, the loser of this predictions contest will have to do a punishment, and that this time will be the Lester's Fixins Soda Gauntlet. Yeah. Those of you who are unfamiliar with that. There is a number of there are a number of sodas that have been made by this company, Lester's Fixins. Uh, they range from buffalo wing soda to ranch dressing soda, sweet corn, uh, bacon soda, bacon soda with chocolate, mud pie soda. I've seen Stalinade. There's a whole bunch of whole bunch of ones that have yeah. been made out there. So, yeah, I mean, uh, the loser get, get a bucket of the prediction. Hell, get, get our, yeah, make sure we have yeah, buckets. Yeah. Make sure we have buckets in case we puke or get like some plain white bread to cover it to wash away the taste. Yeah, or uh, I would say have a bottle of scope handy. But in any case, uh, yes, so the loser will basically have to play a version of spill your guts or fill your guts where the winner will get a series of questions together to ask them. If they don't feel like answering a question live on the air, then they will have to take a shot of any of the offending sodas. So that is where that is going to lay out. Fastline 2021, man? 
That, that's that's going to be great. Well, hopefully Daniel Bryan wins. Yeah, I know a lot of people are, are hoping for I'm with you there, my man. Tonight. A lot of people are hoping for that. But again, it's all up in the air. But let's go ahead and run it down from the bottom of the card to the top, or at least what I interpret might be the bottom of the card to the top. Who knows how they're going to order this thing. But to start things off, we're going to take a look. There is a United States title match scheduled for tonight as Riddle will defend his title once again against Mustafa Ali. Um, Ryan, I'm going to start with you on this one. What do you think in terms of this match? Who do you see coming out with the title and why? Honestly, with the storyline that's been going in with Mustafa Ali and Retribution, a part of me does feel that Riddle will win. And I have seen uh, maybe on social media that T-Bar has been doing like making a teasing a split like in retribution so logically i want to go with matt riddle but at the same time this is wwe i would not be surprised if vince at the last minute decides to change things and have Mustafa win the united states championship maybe therefore wanting to give riddle a wrestlemania match but you know what i am gonna go with logic on this one and i'm gonna go with uh, riddle for the win yeah, I, I agree with you. Riddle uh, getting the win would be the most logical choice here. However, you're right. They could pull a swerve. Uh, Mustafa Ali could win the U.S. title here tonight and kind of lord that over his underlings for a little bit. It's like, I got the job done. Why the hell can't you? And then just, again, berate them even further to where at WrestleMania, yeah. when he has his rematch with Riddle, uh, you know, T-Bar and Mace and Slapjack, they turn on. Mustafa in the middle of the match, and that causes him to lose it back to Riddle. So that's, there's obviously a, a way to spin that. But, yeah, I'm going to go with there's Riddle as well. All right. So the next match we had, again, just stemming from a one-time, you know, confrontation on SmackDown. Honestly, I, I wouldn't have even done this one this week. I would have laid this one out, and I would have kept this going uh, and waited until WrestleMania to pull the trigger on this one. But we have Shinsuke Nakamura going one-on-one with Seth Rollins. Um. Yeah, I agree. I I would have waited as well to pull the trigger on this because it still seems that we still got Seth and uh, Cesaro in this little rivalry. And from what, and obviously from the last two weeks of SmackDown, Seth has been viciously attacking Cesaro. So to see him uh, all of a sudden switch to Shinsuke Nakamura felt as if obviously their plan is to maybe have Cesaro and Rollins at WrestleMania. Yeah, probably. So here's what I'm thinking. In terms of the way this is going to work out, I do believe Seth is going over. The main reason is, number one, he just came back from, you know, fatherhood and this and that. Not only that, yeah. but Nakamura has been told a number of times that the only reason he's really still around is to put over other talent. He's not there to actually really do anything. So I could see yeah, Nakamura. That, that kind of angers me hearing that. I understand Nakamura, he's enjoying the kind of life he's having, uh, you know, because he said on uh, interviews, like, he enjoys being hanging up, hanging around in Florida, you know, like, surfing, like, which is something he loves to do. But even mm-hmm. then, I still felt that Nakamura is a great talent. He's, like, in his 40s or now. So, I mean, sure, I understand at this point WWE's looking for the younger talent, which is the smart play. But when you bring in international talent who are well, widely known in different uh, arenas, like New Japan, Ring of Honor, uh, even in the indies, you at least should deserve to put the spotlight on them just to show that, yeah, we are not wasting money signing you. But I, I agree with you. It's an absolute shame that they refuse to push Nakamura. They, they haven't given him 
you know, a big WWE title run, which he should have had a long time ago. Uh, same thing goes for Cesaro. But um, what, like I was saying, Seth, I think, is going over here. He'll probably continue to beat down Nakamura after the match, which will trigger a run-in from Cesaro, thus continuing to set up their clash at WrestleMania. And also, a couple weeks ago on SmackDown, we did see Murphy has been approaching Rollins, and then Murphy just did on social media, he tweeted out how the Mysterio family used him. So it's clearly obvious that they're going to – Vince is bringing Murphy back into the fold with Seth. Mm-hmm. And I, I Continuity? What's like that? that? Oh, no, I no, I, Yeah, no, I was. that's what I was saying. Continuity, what's that? You know? I'm uh, sorry, yeah. Yeah, it's clear Vince has the, no clue. The, I was, when you said that, all of a sudden the Deadpool joke in the comics that he has an Infinity Stone that affects continuity popped into my brain. Oh, yeah, yeah, the continuity gem, <laughs> yeah. All right, so anyway, I'm going with Seth. What do you think? You know what? I may suffer for this, but I'm going with Shinsuke. All right. So one's going for Nakamura. All right. Let's go ahead and get some of these questions in before we go to the next one. For some reason, I don't know why people hate, like, all, like, old wrestlers and stuff now. So strange. Am I right? You are absolutely not wrong. It seems like once you get past a certain age, Vince McMahon wants nothing more to do with you. And, I I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, the older you get, the less your body is capable of doing. But we've seen, like, with guys like Edge, with guys like Sting, for crying out loud, taking bumps in his 60s, you know? And even when Christian now signed to AEW, Christian, he's going to get back. He wants to wrestle again. Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, I just – I don't know what – and I get it maybe comes from the history of pro wrestling where, like, guys' careers never went much past a certain point because they did so much damage to their bodies. But – We've seen nowadays, especially with the advancements in medical technology and guys working safer styles, like they can keep going for a much, much longer than I think Vince gives them credit for. And obviously the cinematic matches, if they are done right, you can make a wrestler, someone like Sting, make it look like these guys can still go. Yeah, I mean, we saw it with The Undertaker and AJ Styles. We've seen it a number of different times with some of the, the older wrestlers. And again... Um, again, we're not saying that older is a bad thing. Older, you got a lot more experience under your belt. You've got a lot more to offer than just in-ring work. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to hang up the boots before you're ready. I mean, that was a whole thing back in the day when Macho Man left uh, the WWE because Vince just wanted to stick him behind the commentary desk because he didn't see any mileage left in him, which was yeah, absolute horse so. manure because absolutely they – he had a lot left in the tank, and he showed that in WCW, yes. even though he still wasn't allowed to and, do much. And Mothman used his still experience also for good. I mean, yeah. if it was for Mothman going to WCW, we never would have seen the rise of Diamond Dallas Page. Diamond oh, Dallas yeah. Page could have remained a mid-carder uh, in WCW. If Macho Man didn't believe in him, Diamond DDP never would have gotten the opportunity to claim the World Heavyweight Championship. Absolutely. I mean, DDP started at 35, and he just had his last match in AEW at, what, 61 years young? So, yeah, it, age is not nearly as much of a handicap as I think Vince likes to think it is. Uh, I don't really watch modern day WWE. I'm more of a 2K15 kind of person when Undertaker and Kane were at an all time high and Sin Cara was still around. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of nostalgia for like earlier years of wrestling. And I, I don't blame Harry one little bit for for that philosophy. Um, and honestly, Sin Cara, when I learned about his uh, learned about his signing, I did look at a couple of matches he did, and I'm like, this is 100% a great sign that Triple H made, but 
Oh God, the way that that rest. Unfortunately, the way that the, re, the way his career went to where he went back to Mexico and they got someone else to wear the mask. It was kind mm-hmm. of oh, it was a bit of a flop there. But even then, the rest that they had to cover for Sin Cara was still fantastic. Yeah, Hunico wasn't bad, but then yeah, the I think the nail in the coffin for him was when he had that match with I want to say it was Alberto Del Rio where he did that suicide dive and he like uh, hurt his finger or whatever and he called off the match in the middle of it. It's just like, what yeah. the heck, dude? But. All right, yeah, let's take one or two more to... real quick, and then we'll get back into the predictions. Oh, 92. All right, don't know what that was guys. all about. Yep. I heard y'all motherfuckers talking, and I'm like, who the fuck talking on my phone? I thought a ghost was coming to get me or some shit, you know what I mean? Okay. All right, let's just I'm just forward. trying to spell the word logic. W-W-E. Oh, crap. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that was a good joke. I gotta remember that. That's good. That was good. I appreciate that. All right, we'll take one more here real quick. You better fucking read my goddamn text, you stupid fucking whore. All right, you're muted. Get off of here. Yep, done. I wonder when all the old wrestlers is going to return. Uh, I mean, there aren't too many of them that are left that can still go, honestly. Um, I mean, granted, we know Paul White is now with AEW, a.k.a. The Big Show. Um, you know, he's he's got his stuff going on. Christian uh, Christian Cage, we now know, is with AEW. Um, yeah, so he's going to work himself. He's going to – I mean, he definitely wants to be in the line of being a workhorse for sure. Absolutely. Uh, we know Batista's retired. Um, we know Edge, like I said, just made his return. Uh, I don't know that there's any others. I mean, Hurricane's still doing his thing from time to time. I'm trying to think yeah. if there's really anybody else lately who could really... I mean, apart from really... Booker T, but I think Booker T, he's kind of done. He's, yeah, I, like, think I think Booker's... He's enjoyed his time. In the... yeah, he, Booker... He's enjoyed his time. He's going to focus more on his own, uh, like, like with reality of wrestling. And yeah, I was just going to get to that. The whole thing. Yeah, he'll, he'll stick with reality of wrestling. He'll stick with the Hall of Fame podcast. He'll stick with you know, all of, all of what he's got going on. So uh, I think he's fine. And I mean, especially that frees him up to do stuff like the Jericho cruise, which he did last year, which we got a chance to meet him. Very nice guy. Uh, asked him a question about the Schmodown and he was super nice about it. Just really cool dude. Uh, all right, let's do one more and then we'll get back into the uh, predictions. But I don't know why Brock Lesnar left. That that was like weird. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people have been, talking about Brock and seeing maybe when he's going to come back and this and that. Um, I know there are a lot of people who wouldn't be very interested in having him back, at least in terms of fans, just because they just see it as a tired old trope of, oh, the monster who, you know, takes the title and then, you know, doesn't work X number of days out of the month, you know, or out of the year, I should say. But, I mean, there's no denying that he is, he was a ratings draw. I think they'll probably wait for Lesnar to come back when they can actually have full capacity crowds again, because that, that's why I feel that yeah. Lesnar does feel like a, a, a bit, he feels like a, a, a full crowd kind of wrestler. I mean, and I will say one thing 2019, I mean, of course, I was not a fan of Lesnar after the whole Undertaker squash, but then they still found, I mean, after he beat Undertaker at 30, but then there are still times where he does great work. Like when Undertaker did come back more vicious, their Hell in a Cell match, I actually enjoyed. I liked his squash of John Cena at SummerSlam. And yep. I enjoyed the fact that he politicked to make sure that Goldberg squashed him at Survivor Series, which began that nice little storyline to whether if Brock can actually beat Goldberg, which led to their WrestleMania 34 match. And then also him winning money in the bank. 
I personally would have preferred him to hold on to the, the, the briefcase much longer because I was loving the whole thing of him just like joking around with people. Boombox Brock. Yeah. Yeah. Boombox Brock. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I completely get it. And then even then, we've seen like in the, the Survivor Series champion versus champion matches with guys like AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. He can still put in good matches to where he makes the, uh, the smaller guys look good. Heck, even the one he had with Finn Balor at the Royal Rumble a couple of years ago was still pretty good. So he's got yeah. – there is merit to him despite what a lot of, you know, people will say. Like, obviously, yeah. did I get sick of, you know, not having the top title around for a while? Yes, obviously I was sick of that. But at the same time, in terms of a business standpoint, I can see why they continue to bring him back. Yeah, I mean, he, right. he's good for business, but then at times he still got uh, Moxley's interview to where – at WrestleMania 32, he wanted to put down a great match against Brock, but Brock's like, no, just trust the system. It's going to work out for the best, and that match really dragged. But yeah. it's it's a give and take with Brock. Exactly. and But then again, you could say that about almost any, uh, any, almost any talent when it comes to that, except for Hulk Hogan when it was mostly take. But anyhow, yeah. let's, not, let's, let's not fixate on that. Let's go ahead and keep moving. All right. All right, we'll get to the rest of the questions after we've done a couple more predictions. So, uh, the next one, we've got an actual confirmed intergender match between Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, this one's interesting, and I'm, I'm very curious about this one. Because, obviously, I think it, it's very clear that this is going to set up the actual return of The Fiend. It's been teased for the longest time. Whether or not The Fiend actually appears, actually physically in the building... That's up in the air, but I do believe this is leading towards the return of the Fiend and potentially another Firefly Funhouse match at WrestleMania this year. I could with that, and also one thing I will say with Alexa's character, they have been doing these little tests in the ring to where she starts off wrestling as her uh, playing pain character, and then she switches back to the goddess, and then she mm-hmm. switches right back, in, and then she switches into the uh, man pixie girl that she is on the Firefly Funhouse. So. I have a feeling that they may do some tricks like that until finally it will bring back the, the return of the Fiend. And also, the constant times where they've had Randy Orton spit up black goop. Yeah. So I think this is going to be more, a majority, it's going to be like a psychological match before we actually see some kind of wrestling. Yeah. And you never know, this this could potentially be a, a cinematic thing. They may, they may decide to go a cinematic route with this to make it a little bit more, you know, believable with the transformations and whatever, you know, cosmic, you know, ridiculous supernatural stuff that they want to do with it. So with that yeah. being said, I can see this going one of two ways. Either, you know, the mind games and everything get the best of Randy and Alexa gets the win, which I don't think that Randy would have a problem with, you know, eating a pin from Alexa in this situation because of, you know, the shenanigans and things like that. I don't think he'd believe it would damage his career in the least. Um, or I can see this going no contest because of the involvement of the fiend. So I think I'm asking about the former. I think Alexa might actually win this one because not only was it not only is it I think it would give very good um storyline for Randy Orton, but mm-hmm. also would you imagine the stock it would raise Alexa if she gets a victory over Randy Orton? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um yeah, so I'll tell you what. As much as I as much as I probably would lean more toward either the no contest or the DQ because of the fiend. I'm going to go with Alexa Bliss to win. Uh, what about you? Yeah. I'm going to do the same Alexa. And if it does end in a no contest or DQ, we're not going to be shocked. I'm going no. for WWE. They're going to, I'm hoping that they will go all in on this one 
and they'll actually give a decisive finish. All right, we've got a no-holds-barred grudge match on our hand as Drew McIntyre goes one-on-one against the Celtic warrior, Sheamus. This match is going to be nuts. We know it's going to be stiff. We know the level of violence that both of these guys are going to bring. Just because they're building the mania and the match with Bobby Lashley, i got to go McIntyre. Yeah, same here. I, but at the same time, though, there's no stakes involved in this match. Like, no. If, if Drew loses, he's not going to get uh, – I mean, Sheamus is not going to become number one contender or Sheamus won't be added into the match. So even though, yeah. yes, Drew won't have nothing to lose. I mean, I'm don't gonna, get me wrong. I'm going to go with Sheamus. I'm going to go with you're Sheamus. Gonna, all right, one. you're going to pick Sheamus on this one. Okay, that's cool. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I know both of these guys are going to bring a very, very good match. I know that they're going to – you know, really turn up the level of violence in this and that. But again, like you said, there's absolutely nothing at stake here. So it's like, why do we care? It's literally, it can be anyone's match, honestly. Yeah. All right. Let's do one more prediction and then we'll get back to a couple of questions. So uh, we got the Intercontinental Championship up for grabs as Big E defends against the brand new or the, you know, renewed, I guess you could say in his mind, Apollo Crews. Um, Here's the thing. Do I think Apollo Crews deserves a run with the Intercontinental Championship, especially with the new character that he has? Yes. But I don't think it's going to happen here. If, if and when he does get that opportunity, I think it's going to happen at WrestleMania. So for that reason, I'm going to give it to Big E on this one. I'm of the same mind as well. Apollo, uh, he's been... Um, yeah, he's reinvigorated. New character. Obviously, well, the old character right his old time as uha nation character but yes reimagined for wwe yeah but i think right now it's a little too quick for people to also latch on to because yeah vince has done one thing that vince does unfortunately does not see is that he underestimates how well he sells his story of characters to his audience like for years during the monday night wars he talked about how wcw was terrible the worst place you can be then also only bought it and wanted to integrate into the company First WCW match he puts on, everyone boot the hell out of it. And he's like, oh, and he goes, oh, my God, why is nobody rooting for this? Why is nobody invested in this? Because for nearly five, seven, maybe a decade, you were selling people on the notion that WCW was shit. So then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you bring it into your company, you expect everyone's minds to turn on a dime. That's not going to be possible. And this is apples to oranges compared with Apollo Crews. But when Apollo came in, we didn't get much of who he was in NXT when he got called up. And then he was nothing more than just a, a good, a great-looking athlete who can move in the ring. The only time I ever got true character from him was when he joined Titus World, when he was part of Titus Worldwide. Yeah, and there was, a, there was a, a long portion there where I think a lot of people were of the opinion that he was brought up way too early, and we all know he was brought up way too early from NXT, but it was done almost as a, a rib on Triple H or something from either Vince or somebody else backstage. So, yeah, but, you know, not, I, they're finally giving him some stuff to work with. They're finally letting him show a little bit more of that personality and that aggression that he had back in the indies. So I'm okay with, with what we've got going on with him now. And I'm glad it's, it's better late than never in a lot of this situation. But, again, the question does become, is it too little too late than never in this case? But in any case, so um, are you going with Biggie as well, then? I'm going with Biggie. Okay. All right, so we both got big on that one. All right, let's take a couple of questions. Uh, don't get me wrong. 
Just because we like to bash WWE doesn't mean they don't do good wrestling. I watch NXT, NXT UK, 205. There is still good wrestling in this company. Agreed. It's just... It's dilution sometimes. Doesn't mean there isn't good wrestling. Not even on Raw or SmackDown, there is good wrestling. It's to do with the storytelling. They've got to stop getting dickheads writing stories. There are good story writers. Like there are good films. Just find good writers and find the wrestlers to match the writers. Peace. Well, I, I will say this. Uh, you're absolutely right. There are, there are good stories being told every once in a while in WWE, whether it's coming from NXT, whether it's coming from 205, whether it's coming from NXT UK. And I think that's because Vince has very minimal involvement in all three of those. Vince McMahon is the common denominator of why Raw and SmackDown suck because he has constantly taken the scripts and taken the ideas that these writers have given him and just torn them to shreds and rewritten them to suit his own agenda at every single opportunity. So, again, I don't think it's the writers that are necessarily the problem. I think it's Vince. And I agree with Darren as well. There are some good wrestling on SmackDown and Raw. I mean, between both of those shows, SmackDown, in my mind, is the better stacked show when you get wrestling out of it. But yeah, every now and then, when you get a wrestler throwing in a promo that sounds like they just learned it the night of, in reality, it is. And I've heard interviews from writers of of WWE to where, like, here's one thing. Uh, of course, you remember, uh, like, a year, years ago, John Oliver did this piece on WWE on the fact that they don't provide their wrestlers with health insurance or any coverage. Yep, that was prior to WrestleMania, I think about two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and, of course, one thing I do remember from John Oliver is, like, the big difference is that when he that he stressed out, even though they are, hot, they are part, they're contracted by the company, they are still labeled as independent contractors. And then, when, and then now I'm fast-forwarding, to an interview from a former WWE writer and this guy talks about how he was not just as a signed contract but he was a full employee he was there getting the private jets getting into the hotels you know being there like getting like getting all the paid expenses that you would think an employee of WWE would get he talks about how in his experience how yeah he'd have to constantly think of five or seven scripts to write because he was unsure if Vince was going to throw, you know, shoot, shoot down a pitch. And even he even talked about working with wrestlers, you know, wanting to work with them, get their ideas on what they wanted to do. Some of them wanted to go all in and say, yes, we want to do this. We, we love this idea only to hear Vince shoot it down three, like three hours later in a meeting or three minutes within to a meeting. So, yeah, yeah, I do agree. Vince is the issue. The only problem is, is that, is well, it's not like he's is he ever going to realize it? It's just kind of at this point we're all kind of like holding our breath to realize when our breath until Vince goes, I'm doing more harm than good. Maybe I should relinquish some control and maybe just have more of like an advisory role or kind of be somewhere where he's like supervising, but he still has no he doesn't have that much impact in creative control. Yeah, like they they need to they need to pull a George Lucas contract on him real damn fast, but. Uh, I wouldn't hold your breath too long for something like that because you're going to suffocate. That's just the way it is. Yeah. I wonder what happened to Jerry the King Lawler. He was a good commentator, but I don't know why he left so much. 
Yeah, um, Jerry Lawler, from what I understand, he's on like a Legends deal right now. He'll still come back every once in a while to do like the pre-show panels for the pay-per-views and things like that, or like one-off or call commentary. Yeah. yeah, he'll call he'll call a show when they're like in Memphis or anything like that because that's his hometown. But I think I think it might be more to do with his health because we know not too long ago Jerry had a you know a heart attack on camera and everything like that. So I think the stress of the travel and things like that it could be something that his doctor just said, hey. You don't need to be doing this anymore. It's not going to be good for your health. If we want to avoid what kind of happened while you were on live TV back in back at that point, yeah, it might be something that you just need to slow down, man. And if that's the case, another opportunity where he suffered a stroke during the new era to where it got it was very scary. Yeah, so it's more than likely probably something that he's done at the behest of either his doctor or his family for the sake of his own health. And if that's the case, then who are we to? tell him hey come on back just because we want to see you again if it's if the travel and the stress and everything around that is detrimental to him then by all means jerry enjoy your retirement we'll see you every once in a while when everybody's in memphis just have fun you know hang out in your superman room with your comics and do your paintings and just enjoy your enjoy what's left of your life man because let's face it nowadays we all need to be doing that a lot more yeah all right let's take a couple randy orton you are the dumbest superstar Ever. Why would you fight a girl? And she would kill you because she's Bray Wyatt's sister? I think. Right? I don't know. I don't know. Rossi, that was fantastic. I loved it. You were right. Randy Orton is going to get killed by Alexa Bliss. (laughs) Uh, But you know what? That's, That's what I love about that question. Is like We've heard so many arguments against intergender wrestling over the last number of years. It's just like you know, oh, it, it's biology. You know, men would obviously have a, 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 a biological advantage over women in a match. And yet here we have a young man who understands that size and gender and testosterone doesn't mean shit. No. And I love it. And I love it that, that makes sense for someone of- like him, but somebody who's like 50-something years old, for whatever reason, that boggles their minds. And here's the thing. With intergender, rest- intergen- intergender wrestling matches, is actually its own little thing. Its own little like has its own crowd. No, actually, it's very wide in the indies. Like if you go on YouTube and you want to look up wrestlers like Mia Yim, Keith Lee, Tessa Blanchard, Brian Cage, you will find in YouTube they have done intergender wrestling matches, including yeah. Brian Cage. And if you've yep. seen Brian Cage, that is a big, big motherfucking dude. And he's yes, wrestling he is. Or three four times smaller than him, and he still makes them look like they're the most dangerous people to be in the ring with. Hell, I'll never forget watching an intergender tag match between the Young Bucks and Joey Ryan and Candice LeRae. Candice LeRae, exactly. Yes. You, everyone who's listening, you look up Candice LeRae, she has done so much intergender wrestling matches that it should be a no-brainer that she should be one of the forefront women of the division or at least be a uh, breaking ground in mm-hmm. the intergender wrestling matches. But I'll tell you what, with enough build, here's an intergender match that I would like to see. And I know a lot of people are going to give me shit for it, but oh well, here it is. I want to see Ronda Rousey versus Brock Lesnar. <laughs> I want to see that in the WWE. I mean, they both did MMA, so... Exactly. With enough build and enough, and enough plan to it, and I think, Bro- I think Brock would be into it. But that's the thing, is like, people always say, you know, like, well... How are you going to put Alexa Bliss up against Braun Strowman? Or how are you going to put Sasha Banks up against Brock Lesnar? I'm like, why do people automatically go to those two guys or like somebody else against the big show 
when intergender wrestling comes around because there's obviously tons of other more logical ideas when it comes to that. You know what I mean? I mean, they did test the waters when they had fucking James Ellsworth. They had Becky Lynch wrestle him. They had Asuka wrestle him. I yeah, mean, but let's sure it that... was under comedy effect, but they still did some wrestling with they did try out intergender wrestling matches. Yeah, and let's face it, James Ellsworth is about an as he's intimidating as he's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's not, not an intimidating that, presence. He, yeah, I know. He's not a great wrestler. I mean, he's not someone who I see put on a classic, but then they were still thinking if they but WWE were trying to do their own version of an intergender wrestling match. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Randy Orton is the dumbest superstar ever. Why would you rest, wrestle a girl? She's like Bray Wyatt's sister, I believe. Okay, so you just sent that one back in, yeah. Yeah, no, I I understand. It's more of she's Bray. She's become Bray Wyatt's not like subject. Yeah, Yeah, subject or yeah, you know whatever you want to call it, disciple. I don't know what you want to call it. I think disciple probably lean a little too much into Seth Rollins' territory, but she's she's definitely become an acolyte. There we go. We'll say an acolyte of the fiend. Yeah. But so. even then, hey, if they say that she's Bray Wyatt's sister, like in the Firefly Funhouse storyline, that's fine. I mean, yeah. she's she's washed, she's been she's been brainwashed enough into into the fiend to where they can pass that off. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would love to see the first ever RKO. It goes through the RKO, the lights go out, and she disappears. We've had RKOs out of nowhere for years. Well, if this is the first time that he goes for the RKO, the lights go out, and the lights come back on, Orton's on the floor going, what the frig's just happened, and the new fiend's right there in his face. Perfect WWE WWE style. I will say this. I do like where his head's at with that. I do like like that, that idea, Darren. However, I think rather than seeing that this Sunday at, uh, at Fastlane, I think we might see that if there is a Firefly Funhouse match between Randy and The Fiend at Mania, because I could see it happening this way. Randy goes to the RKO on Alexa Bliss because she's gotten involved or whatever, and then all of a sudden just smash cut, like kind of like John Cena just smash cut out of existence back in uh, back during the original Firefly Funhouse match. She just disappears yeah. and Orton lands flat on his back and goes, what the hell just happened? And then all of a sudden The Oops. Fiend shows up out of nowhere. Well, that's why I think with Alexa Bliss, they're going to do those constant uh, changing of her character. That's why I think you're going to see maybe the uh, playful Alexa Bliss in the ring, and then she's just having fun with Randy, and then all of a sudden it switches to the goddess, and then maybe Randy Orton goes for an RKO. It switches out again. You'll see playful Alexa just laughing at him. She's like, oh, oh, Randy, you're just so weird. And then maybe sooner or later we'll bring in the, um, the, the manic, the psycho Alexa to where we might see teases of The Fiend. Right. And let's let's just put it this way. I'm saying that because, let's face it, that whole aesthetic that Darren was talking about would work a lot better in a cinematic match. Now, if they do decide to make the intergender match kind of a cinematic thing, then obviously, yeah, throw that in there because I'd love to see it. I'm not downplaying his idea that it, it's going to happen tonight. All right, let's try to get through these last two and then we'll get to the last two predictions. I don't think Ronda Rousey is ever going to return. Not going to lie. Uh, I mean, you might be right, Rusty. It might. It, it's more than likely that she's probably just going to, you know, hang out at home and be a mom and, you know, hang out with Travis and do her thing on the farm and everything like that. If that's what she well, wants she to do, then more she, power to her. She really hasn't, re- she really didn't like the live crowds, honestly. I mean, there was the one thing that right. she had a hard time getting used to. Right. Well, because so would, the crowds operated differently than MMA crowds. With MMAs, there's no characters. There's no real, like, 
storyline or anything like that. And there's obviously no situation where, you know, fans in a, you know, very hot territory that are, that know how the business works are going to boo somebody who's being booked as yeah. a baby face just because they want to be different. And they want to cause drama or whatever. So. No, but I mean, it, look, if she shows up, I will, I will not be surprised, but if she shows up in a wrestling capacity, I would be surprised because, uh, I mean, honestly, I'm not surprised they didn't try to reach out to Ronda during with this no crowd this whole thing because then they they have more control in that substance where Ronda can be booked like a babyface and be cheered for it. <laughs> yeah, but then when the live crowds are able to come back like they're supposed to at mess, at WrestleMania, you run into the exact same problem again. Yeah, I I, I, I get it. All right, let's get this last one in and then let's go for the last two predictions. I don't like that 12-year-old that's on the, on the show here. He's making me feel like I'm eight as a 37-year-old. <laughs> How much does he know about wrestling? I want to challenge him to a wrestler, wrestler showdown. Bring it on. Hey, you know, let's, there, there is absolutely zero, you know, problem with a young kid who w- likes the wrestling business and wants to, you know, know everything that he can about it and becomes passionate about it. Because let's face it, those are the people who are either going to become wrestlers themselves or going to grow into wanting to work in the wrestling business make it their own so i'm never gonna you know insult anybody or you know cast any kind of doubt on them but you're right it it does it does make me feel it does make you feel a little a little like wow how does a little kid know that much about wrestling and here i am 32 30 something years old like i am and i've just i've just gained most of this knowledge over the last like five or ten years you know i I, it took me longer than this kid's been alive to know this stuff I applaud this kid. I mean, that's the. I mean, that's where it shows. That's the. That's the future of the wrestling business. I mean, as much as the older audiences are going to be able to buy, or the merchandise, or be able to be part of the the, the network subscriptions, it is ultimately it's going to be the younger crowd that you're going to have to get into this passion with the business. Exactly. So yeah, I'm not knocking it one way or the other. I forgot what I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> It's It'll okay, come back man. to you, kid. Don't... It'll come back to you. It's okay. No big deal. Maybe he did figure oh, out what he was going to say. I know. Here I don't go. know how wrestling is fake. Well, I mean, that's the thing. And, and Okay, so I, we're not giving away anything revolutionary here. I think, you know, okay, for anybody who's listening who is listening with somebody who might not be wise to this and doesn't want to know the ins and outs of the wrestling business, go ahead and just turn this off now or cover your young one's ears or just skip ahead a little bit. So here's yeah. the thing. I will never disrespect the wrestling business by calling it fake because that, that thing does not apply. As DDP say, says, you can't fake gravity. Like the way these guys land and the way they hit the ground and this and that, that you cannot fake. Wrestling no. is predetermined. They know who's going to win ahead of time. They know how to lay things out and what they want to do ahead of time. But everything yeah. that goes on in the ring when it comes to the falls and this and that is as, as close to legitimate as they can make it without legitimately trying to hurt somebody. Yeah, now, I, I was I was gonna go say ahead, go that ahead. wrestling in a way is it's it's a, it's choreographed fighting. It's a choreographed yes. fight. It is. Because... It is absolutely no different than going to see an Avengers movie or a Captain America movie or anything like that and watching a fight scene there. It's pretty much exactly the same. Just instead of being done on a movie screen where you can cut the camera and take a break and then go back to it, it's just it happens live. That's all it is. And also, um, what I, I'm not going to do this whole spiel here, but of course, 
when people say wrestling's fake, sometimes you have to try to determine what they're trying to say. It's like they just don't get it or they're just being a troll. Whenever I hear someone say it's fake, I always tell them this wrestling in a way is more real than any reality TV show you watch, any television program or soap opera you watch. Because the stuff they do here in wrestling, you'd be surprised that they get away with that over what you would see on your television programs. Because let's not forget, James, we came up during the time of Triple H, who mm-hmm. in one storyline, drugged Stephanie McMahon, took her to Las Vegas, got yep. married with her, and implied um, and implied he slept with her while she was unconscious. In reality, this guy would be going to jail. Yeah. But in wrestling, it played into a storyline to where Stephanie was in on the whole thing that was just for a camera's sake, just so she can get back at her dad. Exactly. This is the kind of stuff in wrestling you would never you would not even think to yourself would be would play out like this in real life. Exactly. Now, and here's the, here's the thing. I'll go over this really quick. You know, a lot of times people will tell you, you know, wrestling's fake because they want to demean it because they want to take away your enjoyment of it. Don't let them do that because if they want to argue that, then I'll go ahead and throw this at them. Uh, Game of Thrones, Sons of Anarchy, Star Wars, Star Trek, Breaking Bad, uh, you know, Reno 911. All the Marvel MCU movies. Yep. Every Superman, every Batman movie. Uh, your doc, your the the Doctor shows you watch. Grey's Anatomy, The Good Doctor, uh, yep. Code Black, all the NCIS, House, all of that yes. kind of stuff. So again, the never let them. Time, yeah, even the fucking news at times is fake. Yeah, and I'm exactly. not saying that because it's fake news, but some news storylines. You know, that's a whole, that's a fucking, that's a can of worms. I'm not going to open that. Let's just move past that. Right. Yeah, we'll move past The Bottom line is never let anybody tell you what you can and can't enjoy just because they don't understand it. And last but not least, as far as like the quote unquote fake side of it, try telling that to Mick Foley, a guy who was thrown off a 20 foot cage, went through a table, dislocated his shoulder, knocked himself out, got back up, climbed back to the top of the cage, got thrown through the top of the cage landed in the ring, had a chair hit him in his face and knocked two teeth, one of which went up through his lip and into his nose. And try telling yeah. him it's or, fake. Or Triple H. You tell that to Triple H. He did one wrestling match to where he tore a deep tear into his quad muscles yep. partway through the match. And even while he was injured, continued to wrestle all the way until that until the final pin happened. Same with The Rock. When The Rock mm-hmm. was in the midst of a movie career, he came back to wrestle John Cena Guess what happens? We hear he tore a peck in one of his matches, but he continued to wrestle all the way towards the end. You try um, to tell these men it's fake. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, no, uh, it was it was his abdominal muscle. It wasn't a peck. Oh, okay, but yeah. still within the chest region. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, yeah, just in the the overall midsection area. Anyway, all right, yeah. we got two more real quick ones here, and then we're gonna go uh, into the last two predictions. Oh. <laughs> all right. You know what? I can't be mad at it because let's face it. Regardless of who that music is associated with, I still enjoy it. Yeah, good. I remember this one. I remember this one. I remember this one. I You know what? I will give you all the props in the world. If I could give a 
applause. If I can click, if I can hit the applause button, I would give an applause button to this kid right now, man. Yeah, because <laughs> that shows respect not just for professional wrestling, but for the history of the wrestling business. Like I said, regardless of who that music is associated with and what he's been known to you know, have done and the controversy that surrounds him, anytime I hear that music, I still get pumped, you know, and I, I can't help it. It's just, it's nostalgia, you know? Yeah. All right. Yeah, the one big thing you always have to remember in movies, you audition, you get the role, you, you play to your script, story start, story end. In wrestling, you've always got to make sure if you don't get over with the crowd, your career is over. It's not like, oh, I do a bad movie, I get another one. Sometimes you don't get a story over, you don't have a career. That's what the beauty of wrestling is. Yeah, yeah, no, Darren's absolutely right with that one. Yeah, you only get really one shot unless, you know, obviously there are times when, you know, you can get repackaged and this and that, and, you know, they can kind of make the other stuff go away. Like, I mean, you look at uh, Kane, who went from Isaac Yankum DDS to the fake Diesel and then to Kane, you know, but then you got other guys who went from stuff like uh, Friar Ferguson to Bastion Booger or, you know, One Man Gang to Akeem the African Dream or, heaven forbid, the awful time when Chava Guerrero uh, you know, turn into Kerwin White for crying out loud. So oh my there's God. or when uh, what was the character that Raven had? Uh, Scotty Polo or yeah, 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 yeah. Scotty it's Polo before weird. he became Raven. Yeah, so there's a ton yeah. of ton of you know crappy characters. All right, let's go ahead and get through these last two predictions, and then we'll uh, we'll ha- uh, field a couple more questions, and then uh, we'll we'll try to wrap up here fairly quickly. All right, we have the women's tag team titles up for grabs as Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler along with Reginald at ringside, will defend against Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Um, Ryan, I'm going to go ahead and let you take the lead on this one. What do you think? Honestly, I'm up. I'm back and forth on this now. I really don't know what the hell to make out of this. I don't know if I'm going to... I mean, I really want to I want to root for Sasha and Bianca, but then at the same time, I really don't think we're going to see anything new here so i'm just gonna go with uh sasha and i mean naya and Shayna. yeah i'm gonna go with the champs retaining as well because here's the thing uh as much as reggie worked against sasha and bianca the first time around i think it's gonna work just as bad for them this time around now let's face it obviously yeah have they done the trope of you know the people who are facing each other in a championship match become tag team partners win the tag team belts and then lose them again Yes, mm-hmm. but I think they did that way too recently with uh, Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins not too long ago that I think they, they want to hold off on doing that again. Although it's something they haven't tried with the women yet, so who knows. But no, I'm going to go with Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler to retain as well. All right, last but not least, we have the Universal Championship up for grabs as Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman in his corner defends against Daniel Bryan with Edge as the special guest enforcer. Yep. Yeah. So here's the thing. I really don't see any situation in what's going on here where Daniel Bryan is going to WrestleMania. It's unfortunate because I love Daniel Bryan and I think he's great, but we also know that his contract is up pretty soon. And I don't know that they've got any kind of interest in giving him another championship run prior to that contract expiring. So, and obviously, like I said, the match graphics already made up edge versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania Spear versus Spear, which they were supposed to do last year with Goldberg, which wasn't able to happen because of Roman's, you know, uh, health issues. So I'm going for Roman. Well, Reigns. not just his health issues; is at the same time he was not going to risk it 
because there were many wrestlers. Vince put out the call even during the whole uh, shutdown. I mean, with the quarantine, he's like, oh, we want to book you and we're going to book you. I mean, even when Roman was at his peak, he still said no. He had recovered from leukemia a couple of weeks, just like just last year. Why would he Mm want to risk his health again for this company? And this company has, I'm not going to say they have, yeah, they have actually, um, they have abused the trust and health of their wrestlers. And my biggest, my biggest, my biggest example is Paige because Paige, so she's been in the wrestling business since she was a kid. She, out of anyone, could have gone, could have worked wrestling until she was in her 40s and 50s. But when she gets to the WWE, what happens? She suffers a neck injury. And then when she comes back, she suffers like an injury again to where she has to retire, forcefully retire. Now, I am I believe it. I hold hope that one day she will come back. But because of the, in, the, the injury of her neck and the fact she had to get steel pins tells mm-hmm. me that she does come back. She's not going to wrestle the same way she used to. And the fact that this company has, especially with the whole third party issues, they are trying to take away something that she found a life outside of wrestling from. And it pisses me off how this company believes they can just keep using their wrestlers as if they are signed employees. In reality, they're not. They have free range to do to go to any start. They, they have free range to do anything outside of that company. But yeah. it's just Vince, regardless, he just keeps thinking the business sense. Like, oh, you're making five figures using Cameo or using or working this or selling this product, and we're not attached to that. Well, guess what? We're taking thirty percent of that. Yep, yep. It just it it boggles the mind that they feel like they can still get away with this crap in 2021. And I, for one, applaud uh, Andrew Yang for saying that he's actually, you know, he's campaigning to be a part of Biden's presidential administration to go after the WWE for that use of the independent contractor terminology in those contracts. And I yeah. hope to God yeah, he does. Yeah. Yanks do um, that just one. I mean, if the NCAA, I mean, if, uh, yeah, oh, wait, yeah, the NCAA basketball division is finally allowing college athletes to finally start making money that the league, that the league can't take money off of them. Why can't WWE? Yeah, that, that opens all can of worms. Personally, do I think NCAA yeah. athletes sorry, should yeah. be paid? No, because let's face it, they got paid. It was those college scholarships. Yeah, they don't get to keep any in pocket, but they got paid to go to school. If they're choosing but even not then, to do that, like that's on them. And universities making money off of them, and they're and most of the time when it comes to, I will just say this once: there's sometimes even when the college athletes get a full ride, it's not guaranteed they're going to make a career out of it. It's you're like, right. Like, but that's 50% of them, but even then, yeah. I see your point. I do but that's the point. reason why, again, it was a pay, it was they were paid not just so they could go and play basketball, but so they could get an education. So they had that fallback, whether or not they took advantage of that, that's on or them. not. Yeah, it falls on yeah. their choices. I agree with but that. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop that for the moment. Um, so yeah, anyway, your, um, uh, your thoughts on this match in terms of who's winning Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan? What are your thoughts? I really want Daniel Bryan to win because now I think Roman's character is starting to get stale. Or, like, there's no new... There's, I mean, he's had great opponents like Kevin Owens and who, who were able to poke who were able to poke a stick at his character. But there needs to be a change-up. I want that change to be Daniel Bryan winning. But, yeah, it's already been set in stone for Edge and Roman at WrestleMania. There's no way they're going to throw a wrench in that. That's why I hate how re- they have after the Royal Rumble, they have one or two pay-per-views before WrestleMania 
and it leaves nothing open to where they want to put stakes involved of people risk of wrestlers risking their title shots and all that. So mm-hmm. I have to go with Rome. I am going with Roman on this reluctantly. Okay, there we go. All right, we are locked in. All right, so it looks like we only differ on two matches here. So we will see exactly how this plans out. So basically, if either if either one of us gets both of our differences right, obviously the other one loses. But if one gets one right and one gets the other one right, then we tie. In which case, we'll both have to do the punishment. So yeah. And to those who watched, I mean, if those who just came in, uh, James, why don't you just re, uh, remind them of the punishment? Yeah, so for anybody who joined us late, yes. So we do have a punishment associated with our predictions. When uh, a per- Whoever wins this match will get to wa- uh, write down a handful of questions to ask to the, lo- uh, the loser. They can be personal questions or just general questions about you know uh, life or anything like that. And then on a separate stream, we will do the punishment where – Whenever they choose to opt out of answering one of those questions, they must run the Lester's Fixin' Soda Gauntlet. For those of you who don't know, Lester's Fixin's makes a bunch of sodas with a bunch of disgusting flavors like ranch dressing, buffalo wing, uh, mud pie. Uh, I think there's a – I'm pretty sure they – I think they make a a pumpkin pie, or at least there was one that was a pumpkin pie. Uh, Peanut butter and jelly. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's been sweet corn. There's been a whole bunch of other ones. Basically, the uh, loser will have to grab about six of those. And, you know, each different flavors. And then if they choose to opt out of answering one of those questions, they must take a full shot of any one of those sodas until all six have been consumed at some point. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's go ahead and now, answer I some questions. We... Yeah. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, I was going to wonder, like, for a punishment, like, if we lose, does the winner have to choose the sodas or it's just more of... That's a good, that's a good point. Um, like I said, so the... Yeah, we'll make that rule. The winner will choose the six sodas that the loser must purchase to be consumed during the the punishment. I'm making that executive decision right now. Okay. All right. That song should be our national anthems, right? (laughs) National anthem. Sorry. There you go. I hate spelling. (laughs) It's okay. And I'll tell you what, Trust I don't know that kid, it should... Not many adults can spell either, so you're yeah. in good company. <laughs> Trust me, like, anytime I, I follow along with the movie Trivia Schmodown, or even in Jack of All Trivia when we played, and I had to try to spell certain actors or actresses' names, like, I sucked at it. So, believe me, I get it. I've actually uh, signed I... up, I've actually signed up to a newsletter that sends me a vocabulary word every day. Just me too. Just so I can, not with just spelling, but also with grammar. So, yeah, believe absolutely. me, learning never stops. <laughs> yeah, and trust me, I'll say this, Ross Lee, I personally believe that i don't know whether or not it should be the national anthem but i definitely think real americans should be especially the words behind the song and the sentiment behind it should be the the campaign platform of anybody who truly wants to be president of the united states fight for the rights of everyone not for corporations not for whoever backed their campaign not for you know what just benefits them or you know their families or this or that but fights for the rights of everybody I personally believe, as an American, that should be what every president strives for. Yeah, I do agree with that. And also, it should be a good way for the, the, the words themselves should be meaningful for those who want to live in the, not just in our, not just in America, but just in their country alone. Have pride in the country you live in. I mean, look, I this past year has shown us that it's not going to be it's not easy living in this country. No, but. It's as long as you as long as you stand up for what you believe in or what you think is right, that should 
I mean, it should, it should, it should mean something. Yeah. And I think that that is one thing that I know a lot of people will dicker over the details of is when it comes to freedom of speech. And this is the thing, freedom of speech, that, that right to free speech here in the United States is meant to protect unpopular speech. A lot of people don't want to recognize that the, the agreeing with the popular opinion isn't what that was there to protect. It was there to protect the rights of people to disagree with the popular opinion, to start that discourse, to make sure that all voices were heard, regardless of what side of the spectrum you were on. So again, I, I don't want anybody to feel like I'm turning this into a political podcast because I'm not, but when it comes to the right of free speech, never let anyone tell you you cannot exercise your right of free speech because th- you disagree with what they have to say or what the popular opinion is, because that is exactly what that amendment is there to protect. Your right to disagree, to have your own opinion, to be a unique individual, not a member of the you know sheep herd that corporate America or politicians want you to be a part of. Yeah. I don't know why everybody hates Roman Reigns. Well, here, okay, yeah, this this would probably be a, tough. He he brought up a very good question, and someone um, getting into business. Um, for us, um, uh, let me just tell. We'll, we'll just be very quick on this one. Yeah, uh, Ross. The reason why there was such hate for Roman Reigns was earlier on. Um, you played Hulk Hogan's music early on, uh, and we love that. Here's the Hulk Hogan is the best the best example for this. Yeah. In Hulk Hogan's career during the 80s and 90s, he was booked to be a dominant wrestler and a dominant champion. And during that mm-hmm. time, everyone loved it because he was the real American. Yeah, he Later was their the superhero. 90s, he was like their Superman or their Captain America. Yeah. Later on in the 90s, though, his stock started to fade. The people who grew the, the wrestling fans who were kids and grew up with him started to see cracks in his persona to where when he was booked that way, they didn't like that because there were other wrestlers they started to like too, and they hated how they were losing to Hogan. And even now with WWE in uh, John Cena, mm-hmm. when he was starting the, the the rapper gimmick, everyone loved it. They loved the fact he was beating wrestlers that they that they were booing against. But then later on, he was toned down. He was no longer the edgy rapper gimmick he was. He started becoming invincible every time he mm-hmm. was in the ring, and. There were other wrestlers that people wanted to cheer for, like CM Punk, like mm-hmm. uh, Booker T, like Bobby Lashley, like Rey Mysterio. But John Cena just kept beating them to where everyone got sick and tired of it. And WWE was doing that with Roman Reigns, unfortunately. They were making yep. him dominant. They were trying to make him as if he can't be beaten. When in reality, they were wrestlers like Daniel Bryan, mm-hmm. like uh, Cesaro. Like Dean Ambrose, like Seth Rollins, everyone wanted to see on top. Yep. Yeah, there, there were absolutely cases like that all the time. And it, again, it upset people that they, they felt like their wants and what they wanted to see was being ignored because the company wanted to go with somebody that they saw as the top superstar, the one who could carry the company over who they really wanted to see in the top of the company. Like you said, guys like Daniel Bryan, guys like... Dean Ambrose, guys like Seth Rollins, you know, Cesaro. There, there have been a ton of situations like that. And again, it didn't start that way necessarily because you'll remember when uh, Batista won the Royal Rumble back in 20, oh God, what was it, 2014. Yes. Yeah, he threw out Roman Reigns last 
and people were behind Roman in that situation, mainly because they just didn't want Batista to win. But they they didn't hate him because he was still running with the Shield. He was still popular. All of this was going on. But then they started trying to book Roman like he was Daniel Bryan, trying to make him the sympathetic character that had to fight from underneath when what we wanted to see out of Roman Reigns was just to see him be a badass. And that's finally what they've started to do with him, but now it's kind of thrown in a different way. So, again, it all just boils down to what fans wanted to see as opposed to what the company was putting forward. And, again, in certain situations, that's not a bad thing because, obviously, Star Wars or the Marvel Cinematic Universe shouldn't just do whatever the audience wants to see because that's not a guarantee of wide appeal in terms of storytelling. However, in terms of wrestling, where the feedback is immediate in terms of whether somebody likes it or not, and those people are paying to come to your shows, buy merchandise, buy pay-per-views, all of this other kind of stuff, that's where you really need to start taking the audience's opinions into account, at least in certain circumstances. Yeah. But it's give and take, like we said, it's give and take. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Does anyone remember how many matches Triple H won in that good 2000s heel run where he was the, champ- the heel champion that just kept winning? And winning, and winning, mm-hmm. before he finally got beat. Because that's the Roman Reigns story. And that's why no one's going to beat him. Not even Edge. Not even Apollo. Not even Big E just yet. You're looking at, what, SummerSlam next year? Survivor Series before Roman Reigns finally gets beaten. That's just my opinion. I if mean, it went to SummerSlam, that would kill Roman Reigns' new edge immediately. But, the, yeah. like, but, he just, but he's just giving an example. He's just giving yeah. an example, though. Yeah, and for those of you who are unfamiliar with what he's talking about, yeah, it is a time period known as the Reign of Terror in WWE when between, what was it, 2002 and 2005? 2004. Uh, oh, wait, no, no, it was even earlier than that. Oh, no, 2005, yeah. WrestleMania yeah. 21, yeah. Yeah, it was WrestleMania 21 we lost it, so it was about 2002 to 2005. When Triple H was just ri- ridiculously over, and he or well, not he even over, but he was booked. To Goldberg and Shawn Michaels, though. So yeah, but then he got it like immediately back after yeah. the fact. I mean, the yeah. same thing happened. The only time he really actually lost it was when Benoit won it at Mania twenty. But then and that then only Brent lasted Jordan until SummerSlam when Randy took it, and then he got it right back in September at Unforgiven. So yeah, but even that then, was... it was still part of the whole Reign of Terror situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, because he didn't drop it and then not get it back for a while until Batista won it twenty one. So, but yeah, I mean, there was, there was a long stretch of uh, that time where, you know, Triple H just couldn't be beat for any, at least not beat to a way that made it stick. Now, again, if that does happen with Roman Reigns, yeah, I could see it absolutely killing this whole tribal chief thing. If he loses it and maybe uh, like for a month or two and then earns it back through duplicitous means, then yeah, I could see that working. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I have no idea. Like, cause right now, Aside from someone like Daniel Bryan or someone like Edge, who do they really have on SmackDown who could pose a legitimate threat to Roman at this point in terms of a babyface? Because they they ran Kevin Owens' whole thing into the ground. They're running the whole thing with Daniel Bryan right now. Edge is getting his shot at Mania. Who's left? SmackDown's pretty heel-heavy right now. That's That's why I'm hoping Shinsuke would kind of win this. But, you know, his match against Seth, Possibly he can be the next person to challenge Roman, but, you know, it's it's going to be difficult. Yeah, I mean, maybe they could build him. Maybe they could build Cesaro. Who knows? But uh, time will tell in that regard. I kind of want Hulk Hogan fighting Ric Flair again. <laughs> uh, I would say I, I appreciate the sentiment behind that, that matchup. I really do. 
But in terms of the health of both of those gentlemen, I don't think we're going to see that because Hulk Hogan's had so many back surgeries and he's got so much metal back there that I don't think he'll ever be able to wrestle again. I know he wants one more match, but I really don't see that happening, unfortunately. And I'm not sure how much Ric Flair can go in the ring anymore. I mean, we saw like on Raw with him being alive with uh, Lacey Evans, he doesn't have, he's not as spry as he used to be anymore. No, it's unfortunate, but you know, those guys, those guys had their heyday and they had their, their feud in WCW and things like that. But yeah, I don't know that we'll ever really see it in WWE again, unfortunately. I know they're very old, but still. still. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's your prerogative, man. That is your prerogative. Hey. You want to see him again? All for it. I hey, mean, yeah, I, if absolutely. They match, if they did a cinematic match of Hogan and Flair, I wouldn't say no to it. I'd love to see how those two would do it. Yeah, that could be an interesting possibility. Well, I mean, you never know. But if, not, if nothing else, whenever the next uh, WWE video game comes on out, you can go ahead and throw a Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair in the ring and see what you would what you would potentially get in that match. So, yeah. there you go. Hi, I'm glad to see you guys back on. When um, do you do um, the show on Impact? And also, um, what days are you on and what times? Okay, uh, oh. yeah, we can go ahead and run down our schedule here. So, yeah, so the way our podcasting schedule usually works is on Wednesday, we will go over what happened on Raw as well as on Impact Wrestling. So that'll be on yeah. Wednesday. Uh, usually on a Thursday or a Friday, we will do what happened on NXT as well as AEW Dynamite. And then usually on a Saturday, we will do what happened on uh, SmackDown. Unfortunately, we weren't able to do that this week because I had some other stuff going on with family that I wasn't yeah, able to and participate. I a, and I was on like back-to-back streams doing YouTube live shows on Saturday. I didn't get a free time until maybe five o'clock in the evening and even then i was mentally drained right so yeah i wasn't about to ask him to do that in that situation so that's usually when we do those sort of thing and then typically uh predictions content our predictions uh podcasts will go in with one of those shows typically usually it'll either be the dynamite uh, show on friday or the smackdown review on saturday and then uh on my youtube channel sheminator productions on YouTube, that's S-H-I-M-O-N-A-T-E-R Productions. If you guys want to go search that, uh, tonight we will have the Fastlane live stream where I do live reactions to the actual pay-per-view event. Uh, so that'll be going on later tonight as well. So that gives you a rough idea of when we'll do that. And then typically after pay-per-views, uh, we'll probably do the review for those typically on a Monday or a Tuesday, depending on scheduling and when we're able to get together. So that gives you guys a general layout of when we do these shows. All right, let's go yeah. take the next one. Does anybody remember EC3 streak and the person was to actually pin him was um, the Miracle Mike Bennett, I think. Yeah. Uh, I believe he is correct on that one. Yeah, Miracle Mike Bennett, I believe, was the first person to pin EC3 in Impact. Yeah, it's too bad they didn't do anything with Bennett after that. <laughs> yeah, and it's a shame they didn't do anything with either of those guys really in WWE. And Maria was so good in her heel role on Impact, though. Like Maria was fantastic. Oh, oh, yeah, she was. So. Um, Darren Wright, you're wrong because Edge is almost the toughest superstar in WWE, so, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, we have uh, a Shots fired. Darren and Rossi? <laughs> oh, boy. This will be fun. The reason he oh had a streak was just because of his bodyguard, Tyrus. Well, it wasn't just that, his, his bodyguard Tyrus, but at the same time, he was booked to be the cousin of Dixie Carter, so they were really trying to make him a big star, because he beat Magnus, he beat Sting, he beat AJ Styles, no, wait, Magnus beat AJ Styles, but anytime they put someone against EC3, they wanted to make him 
a huge they because they saw a future with him. That's why he had that undefeated streak. But yeah. yeah, when he got Tyrus in there, he did become more of the big heel. Even when he turned on Rockstar Spud. Ah, uh, Spud, aka Drake Maverick, for those of you who only watch WWE. But yeah, no, um, and yeah, he was the nephew of Dixie Carter, not cousin. Yeah, yeah, nephew. My bad. <laughs> it's all good. I'm not sure if he's in SmackDown, but the Miz could beat him, maybe. Uh, nah, I would say Miz is on Raw right now, and he's he's way too big of a heel to be anywhere near yeah. uh, Roman Reigns right now. And I don't Just for jokes, Three MB is only one member away from having all three world titles. <laughs> Heath Slater, world champion, beats oh. Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Book it. <laughs> They should complete. They should complete the Trinity. They had Jinder they should. Drew as champ. Let's get let's get Heath Slater as champ now. Hey, I I would not be mad at it. Yeah, sign him back up. Reinvent his character to where he's not just the guy who he has kids, but he becomes a brutal man who has kids and him targeting Roman Reigns. That would be a perfect angle. Roman Reigns believed he's a family man, but then you have Heath Slater during this during this time of the new era was the family man. So yeah, who's the huh. true family man? Yeah, yeah. You know what? You just booked a heck of a run if you ask me. I I Thanks I'd submit that to WWE Darren. to be a writer. Honestly, yeah. Good job, Darren. When are you guys gonna be live again? Just wondering. Okay, so yeah, yeah, we did we did cover that. So hopefully you hear that. But yeah, we'll be live again later tonight on YouTube for uh, the Fast Lane predictions. We'll be live again. Uh, I'll say either probably tomorrow. I'll, we'll say tomorrow night to do our review of Fast Lane, and then we'll be live yeah. again on Wednesday to review both Raw and uh, Impact as well. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't if really my watch days... AEW as well. So, what's um, AEW's main pay per view? As um, you guys probably know. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, sorry, and I didn't mean to cut you off there, Ryan. No, it's fine. But um, yeah, the uh, AEW's main pay per view. There, AEW is very different from. WWE because they don't do like a pay per view a month or anything like that. They no, usually they give about. Apart. They've had like four main pay per views, four or five really. Because yeah. let's see, you've got uh, Revolution, which just happened. Uh, that was in February. We've got Double or Nothing coming up in May. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you've got uh, what was it? Fighter, but Fighter Fest. Oh yeah, really is Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen. Yeah, but Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen. Events. But those are more like yeah, little special events for like Dynamite and things like that. Uh, then you've got All Out, which is in September, roughly. And then you got full gear in November, and that's about it. Well, if I remember, Fight for the Fallen was a special Fight for the Fallen Fire Fest. Yeah, they were special events. One because it was the honor for Kenny Omega to honor the gaming community that he's a part of, who also right. love wrestling. And Fight for the Fallen, if I recall, that was something special for victims of gun violence. Yeah, it was, and those that was, those were the ways those were both introduced. But they were also given away for free on Bleach Report Live rather than being paid for. Yeah, and seen during this last year, they were also given away for free on Dynamite as well. Exactly. So, but yeah, like I, I could easily see them incorporating another pay-per-view event if they want to at some point, but I don't think it's, especially with them being involved with Impact and New Japan and being, you know, able to compete on some of those pay-per-views. Like, I think we'll see a lot more of that than actually AEW introducing any further pay-per-views down the line. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Dameron Wright, you're wrong about Edge because First of all, Edge almost won the 2020 Royal Rumble. And second of all, Edge... Edge is like... Oh my God. <laughs> well, he did win the 2020 Royal Rumble. 2021 Royal Rumble, not the 2020. 
I think that's what he meant. He meant to say the 2020. He well, he, no, he almost, no, he almost, like you said, he was, he came in third in the, the 2020 Royal Rumble because Roman eliminated him before Drew eliminated Roman to win. Yeah. So I didn't really like Matt Bennett. And um, as for um, EC3, yeah, they should have done something. But um, let's be honest, that James Storm and um, Fingy um, rivalry, EC3 rivalry, was just mad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they did have a pretty, pretty crazy rivalry back in the day. Yeah, I do agree with that. But like I said, Maria was still my favorite takeaway from that because, oh, fuck, I don't know. She's just so fucking gorgeous, God. And yeah. she was great. She was great how she was used on Raw as well. But you know, that's this is this is what just happens. All right, <laughs> let's try to finish out the last of these questions, and then uh, I got to wrap up here in another couple minutes because I got some stuff. I okay, to yeah, but that's right. Yeah, let's try to let's Time's try to rapid fire. Yep. Oh, come come at me, boy. Come at me. I'll, res- I'll wrestle your knowledge right out of your little bones. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. We got uh, a promo go. between Darren and Rossi. A oh, boy. On here. here we go. Darren right. how about go suck something? That's what you can do. Wow. Gee, we're getting Ooh. there now. Little boy's okay, got some cojones. You know yeah, yeah, let's, let's, let's cool it, guys. Place. Yeah, no, no, no. But, yeah, yeah let's, let's, let's keep it calm, guys. You know, who knows? Maybe no, one of these I, days I think... we can... We can yeah. figure out some way to test this, but who knows? Uh, maybe yeah, we'll do maybe a, a special stream. Like a YouTube, maybe maybe if we get like two Ks or something, we can just do like a I don't know something like I don't know if we have like uh fuck switches. I mean, you, you know, we'll we'll plan this out. We'll yeah. What we can, yeah. what we can maybe do is do like a YouTube spe- or not a YouTube stream, but a, like a specialty stream here where we ask each of them some questions and really test their knowledge here and there. So we'll see. Also, what do you think the future is for Impact? I mean, like, um, you know, do you reckon Impact will survive for um, a good few years like the WWE has? And um, what do you think the future holds for Impact? I mean, the future's up in the air for Impact right now, but that's, I think, just because, again, it's it's been an uncertain time for them over the last number of years to begin with, you know? I think they finally yeah. found some good footing with, with Don Callis as the creative head and what they're doing at the moment. But it'll definitely, you know, it all depends on how, you know, things bounce back once the whole COVID era is over. So it, it's, it's all up in the air for, for what's going on right now. But uh, do I think Impact can still survive? Yeah, probably, because let's face it, they, I'm going to say that company first got started in 2002, like not too long yes. after EC, uh, ECW and WCW both went out of business. And they've hung around this long. That's 19 yeah. years. I mean, so the, the quote Matt Hardy during this time when he came back during the Edge and Lita storyline, he would say Matt Hardy will not die. See, Impact is something that will not die. Yeah, like that's that's the craziest thing is like that company's been around for almost twenty years, and for them to still be you know kicking after this long, especially when a lot of other companies have really came and went, like that says something. And even then, with companies like NWA and Ring of Honor, even though during their heyday, even now they are struggling so bad. The fact yeah. that Impact TNA were able to like they, they knew what their audience was and they and they survived so many changes in management and creative control and ownership, it, it says a lot about their the character of that company. <laughs> yeah. Good question. Right. Speaking about Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles, um, how do you think um, the crowd feels about him at the moment? Because um, not being booed for, but they're not being cheered for. I mean, like they got like a mixed crowd reaction. When uh, it was on, when they won tag team championship, I see where he's coming from. From that, yeah, I guess yeah. dur- during the time of no crowds, 
the best way you can gauge how a wrestler is being re- get the reaction from is YouTube. Like whenever a clip is uploaded, just look. I mean, of course, the comment section is a tricky bastard. But even then, maybe you'll get some wrestling fans that'll give their honest opinion on a wrestler through like uh because to me, I can clearly tell their heels through their attitude. I mean, I like them, I like their personalities, which is why I can't boo them, but um uh, it, really, it really is difficult. It's a good question to ask. Yeah, I mean, it, it absolutely is a fair question. All I will say is, like, you know, maybe once the crowds get back, maybe we'll get a firm, a firmer grasp on exactly how the crowd perceives them, whether that's a positive or a negative thing. It's still to be determined. Yeah. Also, who is absolutely fed up of Diana Perazzo? Come on. It's just terrible. Uh, I won't say she's terrible. Her, her I... gimmick is to, to make you think yeah. she is. But I, I, I uh, go ahead. Notice, I, I see where you're coming from. To me, I'm loving this version of Deanna Perrazzo because um, as a heel, her character is meant to be like she's way better than you because she's a great technical wrestler. And also her matches against Jordan Grace. And um, a, I mean, yeah, her, her first match against Jordan Grace when she won the title. And then that 30 woman iron, that 30 minute iron woman match was fantastic. Some of her latest matches have been a bit uh, back and forth, especially against Sue Young and Rosemary. But still, I think Deanna Perrazzo, I think there's more room for her. Yeah. And I will say this. Like, yeah, the point, I think the point of the gimmick is to get you fed up with her because that's what's ulti- that's the way she gets heat in order to make sure you want to see her get beat. So when the babyface actually does accomplish this, you pop harder for the babyface when that happens. Yeah. So. Rustic Santino almost won the elimination chamber. What's your point? Wow. Okay. All right. Let's let, like I said. Let's cool it on the, the the fire being thrown back and forth with these two for the moment. Like I get, yeah. I get the I get the passion and I appreciate it. But let's like I said. Let's try to let's try to maintain some respectful discourse, please. Yeah. I mean, last. I can knock your teeth out. That's what I can do. Okay. okay. Uh, once again, we're gonna we're, we'll work through the rest of these. Well, these but... are these are before we said this stuff. Yeah, we want to is... We love the fact that you guys are doing your own like heel battles, the promo yeah. battles with each other. But last thing we want is uh, for you guys to say something you want to regret. And uh, exactly, me, we love we we love your passion as wrestling fans, and I think we would kind of want to do something where we want to test your knowledge. But um, yeah, let's just uh, let's let's keep it kayfabe here. Yeah, let's let's yeah, everything everything's cool. Everybody's friends here. Come on, yeah. guys, let's keep it clean. You know, let's keep this as good as show as possible. <laughs> Thank you, Rodas. This girl, Kim, is um, the thingy, um, leader of the knockouts, and, you know, the woman behind um, who writes the scripts for the knockouts. How do you think she's doing so far? I mean, I'm I'm okay with what they've been doing up to this point. Uh, again, like, I'm just now getting back into Impact after the longest time, so... You know, I wasn't around for like a lot of the the the, the bigger lulls in what was going on, but yeah. from what I've seen since coming back, I've been fine with it. Like I said, I like what I like the stories that they're telling with characters like uh, Diana Perazzo being, you know, the I'm better than you kind of person. I like, you know, Tennille Dashwood, you know, and what she's been doing. I like the the camaraderie between Jazz and Jordan Grace. I like the the personality that is shown by Fire and Flava, even if it is. A little annoying, I think, to to some people. But yeah. overall, I'm 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 not mad at what they're doing right now. I think she's doing a decent no. job. From what I've seen, there she's the the writing and the booking is done to make these women look competent and mm-hmm. not gullible. And that yeah. is one thing I'm loving about this. Like yeah, absolutely. Are 
Yeah, it's all character, and then you see the wrestling in the ring. But let's let's go to the next message. What you gonna do, dear right brother, when I come to Monday Night Raw and kick your butt, brother? <laughs> okay. okay. I th- yeah, I think I think that one was sent in before we we laid down the law yeah. on that. So we'll get more in kayfabe in that one. That's more kayfabe. Yeah, that's a little bit more kayfabe at least. WWE Fastlane. I reckon that Chris Benoit is going to defeat Shawn Michaels for the World Heavyweight Championship. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm, 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 I'm this close to yeah I'm this close to doing something about that. We'll see if he he fires him with anything else. But that's. Yeah, let's let's not bring any kind of controversy into here. We all know what uh, at least one of those names brings to this whole thing. So, yeah. Okay. If Tasha Steele's and Kira Hogan was in a match, who would you say would win? In my prediction, it's um, going to be Tasha Steele's because Tasha Steele's has the speed, and you know she has the moves, doesn't she? She's really strong. Uh. Again, I don't know enough about him, and I haven't really seen enough of him since I've come yeah, back to Impact to really make a determination. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen much on top to myself. I only know a few, but I do like the I do like your overall impression of her. Yeah, and the the rationale you gave works works well. So yeah. Every weekend, just thinking, come on, bring Sue Young back. We need her back. You know, she's um, a good character when she's not Susan or Susie. <laughs> well, uh, here's I the thing. With you. I think they're gonna they're building it. They're building for Sue Young to return. Yeah, I'm gonna say here's the thing, and I, I this is something I want to bring up. A lot of a lot of people in the industry don't think that modern wrestling audiences can take long-term storytelling anymore. But a lot of the it times you've got to be, you've got to be patient with what they're doing. Like, yeah, you want to see what you want to see because you want that payoff and you want the heel to get their comeuppance. And, you know, you want something better for the person that you you're wanting to turn and wanting to seek, make a, make a triumphant return in what they're doing. But at the same time, you've got to be patient about it because that anticipation is ultimately going to make the pop bigger when that finally does happen. And it's going to make the moment all that more emotional when you finally get what they've been what they've been teasing at. Yeah, I agree. I do understand that. I do. Yeah. Ryan, James, I'm sorry. I tap out. I tap out to the kid. <laughs> A veteran knows when he's beat. <laughs> okay. Don't well, we appreciate. Yeah. Go ahead. We, I, we do appreciate Darren, you and Rasta, you do understand this is kayfabe stuff. It's just we all, me, you, and I'm pretty sure the kid has probably seen, we have come across wrestling fans in this community who do take this stuff very seriously. I frequent the Star Wars community. That's yeah. a whole vial of, that's a whole can of worms. James and I, we're fans of this YouTube program called the Movie Trivia Showdown. We're starting to see some bad weeds in that division, in that area as well. So, yeah. So, there's nothing good. wrong yeah, there's nothing wrong with passion. There's nothing wrong with, you know, having opinions. But I think more than anything, especially in terms of fandom as a whole, we need to be a lot better about respectfully voicing our opinions and respectfully having a discussion about our differences of opinion rather than just getting in each other's faces. But, no, we appreciate the the opportunity to just kind of make amends to squash everything. And, yeah, let's just move forward. All right. Yeah. Well, let's blaze through these last, six, these last messages. Yeah. Let's be honest, guys. Um, Taya Valkyrie is literally the strongest wrestler in the world. I'm literally obsessed with her. She's amazing. Uh, I'm going to say she's, she's very, very much a strong competitor. I can't wait to see what she does in WWE. I believe she'll more than likely end up in NXT prior to going on the main yeah. roster. And she'll obviously end up on whatever uh, brand that John Morrison's on. But now, I mean, I'm let's curious. face it. 
I'm curious what kind of name they're going to give her. I mean, obviously, I don't know if Ty, her, her name, Ty Valkyrie, is going to be strong enough to carry over, or they're going to use her actual name. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll, ta- uh, we'll just have to wait and see at this point. Let's be honest, Ty Valkyrie can win most of the Divas section and knockout section because she's just too powerful and too strong and too amazing. And her entrance um, in back in Impact was just... Brilliant. <laughs> the Wera Loca entrance. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. She's got, she like he's he's listed down why she's great. She's strength, agility. She is so charismatic. On yeah, the she absolutely is. Yeah, so, I mean, I can't wait. Like I said, I can't wait to see what she pulls off. And yeah, I I I personally believe she could, you know, make a great addition to any women's division, whether it's the NXT women's division, whether it's the SmackDown women's division, whether it's the Raw women's division. Any regardless of where she goes, like honestly. There's a handful of dream matches I can see happening already. Like, I could see, you know, Ty Valkyrie versus, like, Io Shirai. I could see Ty Valkyrie versus Rhea Ripley. I could see Ty Valkyrie, hell, versus Charlotte Flair. I think that would be an awesome Or maybe, match. heck, we can actually see uh, an indie uh, rematch between her and Candice LeRae. Yes, yes, absolutely. There's a ton of potential there. So, one way or, the another, or another, whichever women's division she ends up being a part of first, I'm not going to be mad at it. Yeah, and just for anyone, I think Tasha Steels has got the moves, the speed, you know, the momentum, and Kira Hogan is also technically the same, but um, you know, just less speed. Where um, you know, they've got a talking a lot more, but apart from that, yeah, yeah, but um, you know, yep, no argument here. Yep, not gonna argue either, my man. I was just gonna say for anyone who's coming in late. We've already done our entire predictions of the WWE Fastlane 2021. We're just going through a, la- a couple of questions. And once we're done with the questions, we're going to end our show because James on the East Coast. I'm on the West Coast. So he's got stuff to do before the pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah, like we're bumping up on 4 o'clock. I know the pre-show starts at 6. The actual uh, card will start at 7 on my end. So I'm going to try to get a few things accomplished around my apartment before that happens. So we'll probably... <laughs> Go for about another we're, five we're, more minutes, we're entering our light and then we're gonna. Yeah, we're probably gonna do like one sentence, one sentence replies. Honestly, yeah, just quick and easy. Yep. Guys, how do you think Sue Young will return? Um, what is your prediction for Sue Young's return? How do you reckon she'll return? Uh, I'll go quick and easy on this one. Eventually, she's gonna get fed up with what's going on with Diana and Kimber. Uh, she'll make her little transformation, take the knockouts title off of her, pure and simple. That's what I'm guessing. Something's going to happen during her run. Either she gets, I hope it's not where she gets bumped in the head and then she becomes Sue Young again. Possibly, maybe, if she does the panic switch, if Susan does the panic switch as a finishing move, that could possibly trigger Sue Young return because they did that with Susie. Yeah. I think she won't come, she, she won't come out for a couple of weeks and then she just comes out back as Sue Young. You get what I mean? Yep, kind of probably what we kind just of said, did yeah. found for glory when Kylie Ray didn't show up. I get it, but no, there's yep. gonna be a story here, probably some way or another. You know, people can have their opinions, but just um, you know, keep it nice, keep it low key. You got what I mean? You, you know, be nice. The world's too short to argue, and you know. Yep, absolutely. No argument here. Oh, you ain't doing great. I'm not saying, I'm not saying this is the best WWE Superstar of all time. <laughs> okay, okay. Who's this impression of? I, I don't know who, I don't know. But again, we're, we're trying to keep things respectful. Let's just move forward. Well, I do believe that she will come back to um, 
impact and she will beat Diana Peraza for the championship and she will once again be the best Taya Valkyrie, be be the lead, be um you know the inspiration to the knockouts. Everybody will be looking down to her. But on that note, I have heard something about um I'm not gonna spoil it, but um well I might spoil it, but somebody returning. Okay, let's go on to the next one. Hang yeah, on. we you don't want to heal um Kira Hogan or um. You know, um, the nice Kira Hogan. I'm just wondering. I think she's better as a heel, honestly. Yeah, because her as a face, she didn't have much of an impression. She didn't make much of an impression on Impact. Her as a heel, she like she's really sh- not just showing her personality, but she, as what you've been saying earlier on, Rhoda, she's actually making an impression. Yep. So heel, heel, heel Kira. All right, guys, we got about three minutes left here. So we're, again, we're going to just kind of keep it rapid fire. Guys, great show. Always a pleasure listening to you. I will see you on the lowdown, on the schmodown and whatnot. Love listening to you. Been a lot of laughs. Love ya. All right. Thank you, Appreciate Darren. it, Darren. Thank you so much, man. Absolutely. Appreciate you being here. Always happy to have you as a listener. Appreciate the participation. Last question, Kylie Ray. What do you think's happened to her? Well, Kylie Ray, oh. from actually what I saw uh, a little bit earlier, a couple of days ago, it looks like she is coming back for an indie show. Um, yeah, it's going to be in Chicago, obviously, but uh, yeah. she's going she's gonna to make an appearance. Yes. So here's the thing. Do I think she's going to come back to wrestling full time? I don't think that would be a smart strategy for her at this juncture. I feel like she kind of with obviously, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on with her in terms of mental health and, you know, uh, self-image and things like that. That's been a huge thing for her for a long, for the longest time. So. I think the smartest play for her would be to just dip her toe back in every once in a while, not go for any kind of long runs, stay off social media, because obviously that's been a big thing that's, you know, caused problems for her in the past. I would say she just needs to, again, every once in a while, just hop back in for a few minutes and then hop back out until she can build up enough of a, a feeling of, okay, I can do this. I can handle this on a more consistent basis and then just ease her way back into it until she's ready to go full force 100% you know for the next foreseeable future yeah I was I was I was gonna stress the same thing but if she's only gonna be making small appearances in like just for Chicago alone then great she can stay within her hometown and, and mainly focus on building back up from there exactly yep things happened to Kylie Ray I'm not sure if that question went through but do you think Kylie Ray will return or not okay so yeah again it's eventually Yep. Uh, once again, once I feel like she's, you know, gotten like, I don't want to say calloused herself against like, you know, the fan base or anything like that. But once she's built up enough of a, a feeling of, OK, yeah, I can do this without it negatively impacting my mental, my mental focus, then, yeah, I think she will. OK, yeah, you just don't think I'm a joke, jerk. I'm just doing those to think, I don't know, I'm dumb. <laughs> Sorry for You're not dumb, kid. No, 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 no. Ross, believe me, it, it's it's we get it. It's all part of you know the whole aesthetic of professional wrestling. You know the macho, the yeah. the posturing, and this and that. We get it. We understand. Yeah. Like I said, it's just time and place. And again, we don't well, want we we want to make sure that it's being done in a playful way and in a fun way, but not and not to where it's actually going to build any actual negative feelings. But no, nobody here is upset with you for. No, we're not. Done and also, Rossi, as I said earlier, 
uh, you're young, so you're going to be coming into this community very fast. And I'm just going to say there are going to be some people you encounter in this wrestling community, either through stereo or through anything on YouTube you follow. They might interpret your passion or your playfulness as seriousness. So trust me, um, we I actually do get a kick out of the impression that you were giving us in your promos. It's just like it, it can happen within an instant to where all of a sudden you're passionate, you're cutting this heelish promo, and then you end up saying something that in hindsight you realize you should not have said. Right. And again, it's not so much that we, again, nobody's upset with anything that's been going on here. We don't want you to take that message away from it. It's just every now and then there are some people who can't separate the wrestling business from real life. And they yeah. take a lot of things way too seriously when they shouldn't. We're just, and, all we're trying to do is help you avoid any kind of problems that may come up in the future. That's and all. also, here's the best example. You played Hulk Hogan's music. When Hogan turned heel in WCW, joined the NWO, the wrestling fans at that time, they sent death threats to him. They kept oh, bothering yeah. him in front of his family. His young children had to experience the raw emotion from these fans when they were just around seven or eight years old. And even then with Mick Foley as a James Brown, there was a world interview when, Rick, when Mick Foley was against The Rock. His family, his wife and his baby girl, who was around five, four years old, was watching his match. And when he kept getting whacked upside the chair, it's on this uh, documentary called Beyond the Mat. You can yep. see that they were heartbroken watching this girl watching her dad get beaten like that. This woman watching her husband getting and then un, unable to console her child for that issue. So mm-hmm. trust me, this even though wrestling in the sense is fake for those in the audience and those who are who have relatives or loved ones and friends in this business, it can get real very fast. Yeah. Like I said, all we're trying to do is just prevent you from having to talk your way out of potential problems later on, dude. But yeah. everything's cool. We're, everything's everything's on the up and up. You're good. Yeah, I'm also happy to have you here. Um, I love talking about wrestling to you guys. Hey, we appreciate it. We yeah. love the interactions. Absolutely. All right. Let's we try to work it. our way through these last four. Uh, and then we yeah, and then you got to go. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right, here we go. Rusty Ty, um, nobody's dumb. People yeah. just have different opinions. Yeah, see, Rossi, it is. See, Rossi, you got Rodas even agrees with you. You're not. I mean, Rossi even says you're not dumb either. This is just like you know, we're just having a fun back and forth here. Yep, that's all it is. Hey, Rusty, I just followed you, man. I didn't take anything biased about it at all. I loved every second. It was fun. The guys in the show knew it was fun. It never came off any other way. If you want to do a stereo with me, I'll do one with you right now, and we'll just we'll just promo off against each other. As a giggle, I would love it. <laughs> Chill, brother. Chill, brother. Love seeing oh, a great young wrestling fan have fun. Hit me up. Yeah, see, oh. there you go. Yep. See, you love to Rossi, see it. And I'm going to be following you guys, too, because if you guys do that stereo show, I definitely want to listen into this. Oh, yeah. I've already given both of those guys a follow, so absolutely. See, yeah. I'm do that right now. <laughs> Everything's good. Um, I believe that um, Eric Young turning um, on... TNA was actually real, so why do you think um, Impact have let Eric Young back in? I don't understand that. Um, I think they should chuck him out because um, he wasn't very nice to Impact. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, here's the thing. Yeah, words mean one thing, money means another, and if they were willing to see past the words and you know recognize the value that he had to the company and offered him the money to come back, you know, and he was obviously willing to bury the hatchet, then that's all the more you got to say about it, honestly. 
Yeah, I mean, the fact he's back with Impact kind of shows that they were willing to let water go. Water, It's water under the bridge. Exactly, yep. At the end of the day, it's, again, we've, a lot of people say it. It's not show friends, it's show business. And if they feel, feel like bringing him back was best for business and was going to bring ratings and bring money, then that has more value than just about anything else. It needs to stop right. Eric Young immediately. I mean, come on. Um, somebody needs to stop him. I mean, like James Stone needs to step into something, maybe. Uh, I'm pretty sure that there's going to be an angle where Eric Young's going to get what's coming to him with Bye I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll definitely get their comeuppance at some point. All right. I also give him a call. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> Any, anyone can talk to me about wrestling because I love wrestling. Um, wrestling, wrestling holic. <laughs> there you go. Yep. I mean, we're in this we all love exactly. Yeah, community is the biggest thing, and you know, as as a wrestling community, we're always there to support each other, regardless of where we come from. You know, and that's the thing. Like with stuff like WrestleMania, you see people coming from all over the world because they love professional wrestling and they want to experience it along with other people from other cultures who love to experience it. Star Wars was the same way for the longest time until people got started choosing sides. Yeah, that's how bad it's going to get. But even then, I still love wrestling fans, wrestling politics out there. Yep. It's great to talk about this. Yep. All right, last two questions, and then we're done, guys. So, yeah, uh, we appreciate the questions, but let's go ahead and just – these will be the last two, and then we gotta we got to wrap up. All right. WrestleHolic, maybe. WrestleHolic, yeah. There we go. All right. And last serve. Yeah, absolutely. Question, where do you think Billy Corbin is at the moment? I don't understand where he's gone. Uh, Billy Corbin's running the NWA at the moment. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yep. All right, we have one more. NWA Power was his baby, and he's still doing work with them. Because I just saw NWA NWA is going to have a bit of a uh, show happening on Fight TV. So they're doing stuff, but that's where he's at. Yep. All right, guys. Well, that is going to wrap it up for us here. Hang on. Let's see if we can get through these last two really quick. And then, like I said, that's it. Yeah. We're done. All right, we've got two in the queue right now, and then that's that's the last we're doing. Okay, guys. It's also the same with DC and Marvel. I can, you know, talk to people about superheroes and villains and what have you. I mean, I love Catwoman. Let's just take a minute to appreciate Catwoman. Yeah, absolutely. You know, comics are a big Character, thing, and again, yeah, they, uh, Character, they can, yeah. yeah. No. Yep. <laughs> yep. Catwoman. Catwoman is a is a great character. She's very you know layered, very you know complicated. And it's great. And yeah, like comics are a great way to build that sense of community as well. Again, until everybody decides to start picking sides, like you have to like one or the other. You don't. You can like both. It's fine. Same thing within wrestling. You know, you've got the AEW guys who want AEW to do well and WWE to fail. You've got the WWE guys who want AEW and anything else to fail. Guys, when, it, when the entire wrestling business does well, everybody benefits. There's, there's no reason why we should have this debate of, you know, one's got to fail in order for the other one to succeed. No, because when they all succeed, they all succeed. That's just the way that it works, guys. And that's the same thing with terms of DC in terms of Marvel. Everybody has a chance to benefit because, again, if people, if a comic book movie by Marvel does well, they see another comic book movie from DC that's coming out. It's like, oh, well, the last comic book movie was really good. Maybe this one will be good. And it motivates them to go see that one. So, uh, it's the old concept of a rising tide lifts all ships. That's just the way that it works. So yeah, there's there doesn't need to be any kind of flame war or any kind of, anything like that about a division between one company or the other. Everybody benefits when they all do well. Okay. 
All right, guys, that is all the time we have for today. We do need to wrap this up because, like I said, I've got a few things i got to get done around here in order to prep for the pay-per-view tonight. But I will be live on my YouTube channel, Shimonator Productions, S-H-I-M-O-N-A-T-E-R Productions, for our uh, Fastlane reactions. Ryan hopefully will be there as well, depending on his schedule. We'll see what that pans out. But yeah. I'll, yeah, I'm gonna. Tr- I'll try to see if I can definitely join you for the pay per view. If not, uh, if I can't be in the stream, I'll try to catch up on the show. So when we do our live, when we do our recap, I'll know exactly what happened, and then we'll know, and then we'll also let you guys know who won in the predictions bet. Exactly right. So yep. But again, feel free to again keep us keep following us here on Stereo for these shows. Follow my YouTube channel, Sheminator Productions, to see those uh, pay per view live reactions as well as the punishment videos. Be ready for that. There's actually one up there already when we did a simulcast between here and YouTube when I ended up having to drink a gallon of milk because I lost last the last predictions contest. And yeah, let's just say um, after I drank the milk down, I ended up seeing it again. Let's let's just leave it at yeah. that. All right. And also, I did a I also did a punishment when we were doing our stream on AEW Revolution. I mm-hmm. had I ate hot wings that were coated in the hot sauce. So. At, normally, at the, t- at the top of the hour of our pot, uh, of our stream, you'll see me eat a wing and lose my fucking mind. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Hot ones, the bomb beyond insanity, layered hot wings. Yeah, it was a rough night for him, to be sure. But uh, on the last one, I did take a, a, a hot uh, a spoon of hot sauce of my own that had the Carolina Reaper in it. So I was not letting him suffer on his own. So uh, that just goes to show what a friend I am. All right, guys. But thank you so much for joining us. As always, always keep track here on the show for when we will be doing other shows. Again, our pay-per-view review of Fastlane will be up tomorrow night. We will also be doing a live show for Raw and Smack, uh, Raw and Impact reviews excuse me, on Wednesday, AEW and NXT on Thursday or Friday, so be on the lookout for those. And then, of course, on Saturdays will be our reactions and our review of uh, SmackDown as well. Yes. So th- all of that is upcoming. Be sure to join us there, guys. We have rambled, we have raged, but as always, it has been for the love of one thing in this world, and that is professional wrestling. So we will see you guys for the next show. And until then, hey, ref, ring the bell.